Welcome to the Getting Heaven Into People podcast. I'm Dave Ripper, a pastor here in New England, and I want to thank you for listening. After two years of the pandemic, almost all of us are hurting in some way, and so many of our churches are reeling. To address the deeply felt need Christians and churches have, I've designed this podcast to invite us to experience deeper healing and freedom over a 40-day journey as we pursue spiritual transformation together. I'm praying today's episode helps you experience greater joy, contentment, and confidence in your life and walk with God. So as you listen, may God's grace and peace be with you. Well, welcome to Getting Heaven in the People. I'm Dave Ripper from here at Crossway Christian Church in Nashua and Milford are where our locations are. And we are on day 21 of a 40-day journey where we're learning and praying about how we can cultivate greater spiritual freedom. And within our series, we are focusing over these next few days on how ministry overflows from our ever-deepening life with God. To get a picture of ministry from the perspective of getting heaven into people, we're looking at Psalm 23 and six key aspects of Psalm 23 ministry. And today we're looking at the second quality, presence. The ministry of presence. Before we explore this theme, let's listen again to God's word from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me on paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The key phrase behind the Psalm 23 ministry of presence is, You are with me. Now, according to Dallas Willard, from Genesis to Revelation, the key to understanding the Bible, the thread woven through the tapestry of Scripture is the with God life. The with God life. God desires to be with us. So the key question for our lives then is, do I want to be with God? It's a moment-by-moment decision right now. Do you want to be with God? The fact that you are listening to this podcast tells me the answer is yes. And we can ask God that we would desire to be with him more and more and more. That he would give us a greater desire for him. And this with God life then overflows into how we serve and minister and live out the callings that God has given to us. This tells me that ministry is never to be done for God as much as ministry is to be done with God. We don't minister for God's love, but we minister from a place of being loved by the God who is with us. So how might we do ministry with God? I want to offer three ways. First, I'd suggest that to do ministry with God, we learn to be present to the presence of God. Be present, fully present to the presence of God. 
One of the greatest books I would contend that's ever been written about getting heaven into people is Brother Lawrence's classic book, Practicing the Presence of God. If you're unfamiliar with him, he was the dishwasher of a monastic community who one day was discovered to, to be, by a visiting church leader, the brother who had the deepest faith in Christ of all. He had the lowest place in kind of the pecking order of this monastery, and yet he was the one who had the deepest, richest faith and life with God. Because of this, he was given the nickname, the Lord of the Pots and Pans. But even while he was doing something that might appear to be menial or less than the type of ministry we believe God would be calling us to, like washing or drying dishes, he was able, to borrow a phrase from St. Ignatius of Loyola, to find God in all things. He could sense that God was with him in the cleaning and the scrubbing and the preparation of the dishes that would be used for preparing meals and offering hospitality. He did that as an act of love. How else might we be present to the presence of God? One of my favorite of Dallas Willard's little micro habits, or to use James Clear's phrase, atomic habits, was a powerful practice that he often did first thing in the morning when he would wake up and be lying in bed. He would often whisper this prayer to God, you are here. And sometimes he would notice God saying back to him, yes, I am. To practice the presence of God right now where you are, why don't you just whisper to the Lord as a little prayer to acknowledge the God who is omnipresent, the God is Emmanuel, the God who is with us. You are here. Right here. In the car. On the treadmill. Wherever you're listening, God is here. You are here. Let's listen for a moment. Maybe God wants to say in response, Yes, I am. Yes, I am here with you, where you are, as you are. Yes, I am. One of my heroes I talk about often, and I might have even talked about him in this podcast. I forget sometimes where I'm at, but one of my heroes is Frank Laubach. And he was one of the people who I think learned in the 20th century to practice the presence of God so powerfully. He was a missionary to the Philippines, and he started to play what was called a game with minutes, where he attempted to think about God one second out of every minute of every day. And this became a game because he's kind of kept track and kept a record of how much or how little the ebbs and flows of how much he was able to give his attention to God. And his hope was that the more he was able to keep his attention on God, as Psalm 16, 8 says, I keep the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be moved. Laubach was convinced that the more he could keep God before him, the more he would not only sense God's presence, the more he would be able to be about what God wanted him to be pursuing. He would ask himself to notice the presence of God often. What father would you have me say? What father would you have me do this very hour, this very moment? Maybe we can pray that to God right now and ask him, 
What father would you have me say? What father would you have me do? Maybe something is stirring in you right now that means you need to hit the pause button on the podcast and go do it or write it down so you don't forget. What father would you have me say? What would you have me do? And for Labok, he was inspired to help a very illiterate people learn to read. And he cultivated a pedagogical method known as each one teach one, which has taught literally millions of people to learn to read. And to the best of my memory, the first book people would learn to read through this method was the Bible. What father would you have me say? What would you have me do? So the first way we can practice the ministry of presence is to be present to the presence of God. Secondly, I would suggest to borrow a phrase from Edwin Friedman, that we are to become a non-anxious presence. To be a non-anxious presence. It's one of my favorite ideas I feel like church leaders have latched onto, especially in the midst of the COVID pandemic, is that it feels like things around us are just spiraling out of control. Chaos is all around us. And yet as ministers of the gospel, a gospel that is for life with God here and now, one of the ways we can help people experience the good news to be someone who is enjoying the good news now. And when we're living life with God, it helps to reduce the level of restlessness or worry or hurry that seems to have seeped into our very bodies. It enables us to become a non-anxious presence. Maybe it's a little practice uh, over the next several weeks I would encourage you to consider reading the Gospels and try and find a time where we see Jesus not being a non-anxious presence, being a rushed or hurried presence. And if that's true of Jesus, then if heaven is to get into us, then having this sense of trust and relinquishment and stability in Christ should enable us to increasingly become more and more of a non-anxious presence. If you're not there today, don't beat yourself up. This whole spiritual journey, it is about progress and not perfection, trusting God along the way to transform us. But maybe we could ask in our families, in our homes, at our workplaces, around our children or friends, on the team, wherever God might have us, what would it look like for us to be witnesses of the God who is with us by being a non-anxious presence. And lastly, we need to practice the presence of people, being fully present to those whom we are around, who God, let's believe, whom he puts across our paths. How present are you to the people that you're with? How present would they think you are? In my Fuller Seminary Doctor of Ministry program, one of the things we have been studying and training is the practice of spiritual direction. And so much of spiritual direction is just simply being attentively present to those we are with, to be that non-anxious 
unhurried presence. And one of my favorite lines through the training I've received over the last two and a half years is from author Douglas Steer. Listen to this. To listen another soul into a condition of disclosure and discovery may be the greatest service that any human being ever performs for another. Let me read that to you one more time. To listen another soul into a condition of disclosure and discovery may be almost the greatest service that any human being ever performs for another. Something that is so beautiful when someone chooses to disclose something to you that they might not even be aware of themselves. That's an act of healing. It can be emboldening. It can be freeing. It's when heaven is getting into people, I believe. That is what is one sign that this is occurring. But for that to happen, you've got to be present. We never know necessarily when these moments are going to occur. So we've got to be attentive. And it kind of involves a little bit of a two-way listening. We are listening to that person and we are listening to the Holy Spirit, who is the ultimate spiritual director. And I believe this type of work, yes, it happens so well in the kind of contemplative space that spiritual direction occupies. But I believe any moment with others can be a similar opportunity where unexpectedly, when someone senses they are being loved and attended to and cared for and listened to, they might find the freedom and the courage and the confidence to disclose And in that disclosure, that self-revelation, they might find the freedom that they need. As Steer has said, this might be one of the most loving things we can do for another. It's listening. Diedrich Bonhoeffer's Life Together echoes a very similar sentiment. So Psalm 23 Ministry is all about presence because God is with us everywhere no matter what always and to be psalm 23 ministers we need to be present to the presence of god that overflows into us being a non-anxious presence so that we can then seize the opportunities that god might put before us to practice the presence of people being attentive to them remembering they are image bearers of god dearly loved And so may the Lord enable you, friends, to be present to God's presence where you are, as you are. May you find him in all things. And may you be such an attentive presence toward those you are with that in practicing the presence of people, that they may discover the presence of the God who is with them always. So may the Lord bless and keep your life and your ministry today. And I hope to see you tomorrow as we talk about discernment.